So if you think back to when you were a child, and that'll be harder for some of you than others, but if you can just think back a little ways or a long ways, especially if you have older brothers and sisters, you remember a time when you you were so excited because the whole family was going to the fair. And this is the first time that you can remember sort of being included in this trip. You'd heard about the fair, or maybe it was Canada's Wonderland, and your older brothers and sisters had gone, but you had never gone. And you're so excited because you're going to be going to the fair or to Wonderland, and you can just imagine the candy and the games and especially the rides oh the rides at the fair you're just you're just jazzed about it and so you get there you get to Canada's wonderland and and uh, and and your older brothers and sisters they're rushing ahead cuz they oh this is the best one you got to go on this this one's so much fun and and they're rushing ahead of you and you get to the front of the line and there's that sign there right it's got that measuring stick on it and you have to be so tall to ride that ride. And, and even with your thickest soles and your sort of sneakiest tiptoes, you just can't get your head over that line. You don't, you don't measure up. You don't qualify to ride. You know, or maybe you remember uh, in high school or university, there was that, that cool crowd that you wanted to hang out with. And, and one time you finally got invited along by one of the people that were in the crowd, and they invited you to come along, and so you were hanging out with that sort of in-group, and as the night goes, it's going okay, but then you start to realize you're not part of this group. They don't really like you all that well. You dress wrong, or you talk wrong, or you, you just don't think the same way they do, and you realize you are not going to get invited back. That, that whatever the social qualifications were for to be part of the group, you didn't have them. And so you don't qualify to be part of that group. You have to look somewhere else to be accepted. And so it may seem like the fair is for everyone. It may seem like everybody's invited once they're in. Uh, or people may say to you, oh, you can come and hang out with us. You know, we, you know, we like everybody. Everybody's welcome. But then when you get to the fair or you get to the group, you discover that you just not really everyone is included. And not everyone really qualifies to be there when you find out the truth. But in Luke 9:23 Jesus says, "If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me." He says, "If anyone would follow me, anyone can follow Jesus." The invitation is open. It says, he's saying anyone is welcome. And so when making the invitation to potential followers, Jesus really does invite anyone. It's not a conditional anyone. It's not anyone who measures up or anyone who fits in. It really is anyone who can, anyone at all can start to follow Jesus. And they won't be disqualified from a relationship with him. Whether they measure up to the line at the start of the ride or not, whether they act or talk or know the right things to fit in with the certain group doesn't matter. Jesus welcomes anyone to start following him. And when Jesus said anyone at this time, the crowds that were sort of traveling with him would have looked at his disciples and they would have known that he meant it because that ragtag band of 12 people were living proof that anyone could follow this rabbi Jesus. And you have to understand to his society, Jesus was a rabbi. He was a teacher. He was homeless, he was unconventional as a rabbi, but he was a rabbi nonetheless and he was called rabbi and teacher. And as a rabbi, he was a teacher of God's word, uh, which at that time was the Old Testament. And, and rabbis, as they, as they taught, they had extensive knowledge of the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, and of all the writings of the prophets. And, and we know that from our, obviously our sermons through the series on, in the summer when we were talking about, the, the, about Jesus through the summer, and we talked about his teaching. As a rabbi, Jesus had this 
profound knowledge because he wrote the Bible, so of course he knew it. Um, but he had this knowledge and people were following him because he had this wisdom. But the, the rabbis were also special because they had a group of Talmuds. Okay? And, and the word Talmud or Talmud translates to disciple or student. And so if you were to move around Jerusalem at this time, or you were to observe what was going on, there'd be all these different rabbis and people following them, the Talmuds or the disciples. And so essentially, uh, everybody had, all these rabbis had a class of students. And it was an exclusive group of students. Most people didn't end up as students of rabbis. Right? If you were just to look around, very few people had this privilege. And in fact, if you didn't make the cut to become a student or a disciple of a rabbi, you know, then you were sort of left to go into the family business or you were left to take some other career or do something else as a fisherman or a tradesman, whatever. But for those students who wanted to become one of the Talmuds of a particular rabbi, they had to go through an application process. And so there was the prerequisites before even being considered in going to um, school and learning Hebrew and understanding um, the scriptures and all of those things, basically the equivalent of a, of a GPA uh, to, to even subscribe to becoming a disciple. And uh, you, had to, you had to measure up in order to become a student. It's like today, if you wanted to go to Western or you wanted to go to McMaster, you better have an A-plus average or a 3.8 GPA. You know, without those kind of stats, you're not going to get into some of these higher-end universities. If you want to make, uh, make it as a wide receiver on a football team, you have to be able to run the 40 and 4.7. If you can't run the 40 and 4.7, you know, you're probably not going to make wide receiver. You know, if you want to make a junior A hockey team, you better be blocking shots and finishing checks and di- driving the net, right? There's, there's all these qualifications to even get into the, the tryouts. You have to be able to do these things. And it was like that for the disciples of the rabbis. They had to have an impressive knowledge of scripture. And the rabbi would quiz them. And they would ask them to recite maybe an entire book of the Old Testament. Aren't you glad that's not a membership requirement at Lakeside? You know, or they would ask them how many times the name Jehovah was used in the 11th chapter of Leviticus. Three times. I had to look it up. Uh, but this was an intense process to become a disciple. This is what I'm getting across here. It was, it was hard to become a Talmud of a rabbi. And a rabbi wouldn't just let anyone in because the status of the rabbi would be on the quality of his students. And so if he had a group, a big group of really high-quality students. He was a well-respected rabbi. But on the other hand, you have Jesus. And Jesus changed this whole system of discipleship. He invited uneducated commoners and fishermen and turned this whole thing upside down, especially when he invited a tax collector to be one of his Talmuds, to be one of his disciples. And now as a, just as a preview, as a, as a, for most of you a preview and for some of you a reminder, we have this clip from, from what you're going into in your small group. When Jesus said to Matthew, follow me, he was making it clear that his invitation to follow is not just for the religious elite or for the morally upright, for those who have their lives together. His invitation is for all of us who are hiding some stains. Jesus said, anyone who would come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Anyone. Anyone is a pretty inclusive word. 
anyone can follow Jesus. Anyone who's ever thought to themselves, I've gone too far, my stain is too big. Anyone who's ever laid awake at night and said, I can't believe what I've done. Anyone who's ever looked in the mirror and said to themselves, I can't believe what I've become. Anyone can follow. So this was different. This was turning this whole idea of discipleship upside down. And so when the word gets out to the people that there is this new rabbi and who is picking out followers seemingly at random, people started to wonder what was going on. And so then they came to hear this teacher. And when they looked at his disciples, they had to have been confused because they shook their heads and thought, these are his students, right? You got, you got Matthew, you got Philip, you got James and John, those fishermen guys who like got in bar fights all the time when they were younger, like those two guys, right? They're his students. They're, they're nobodies. They're just commoners. You know, those two uh, used to be fishermen and a couple of them are political hotheads and that guy is skimming off our tax to the Romans. And these are his disciples. But then Jesus makes the invitation to everybody that anyone can come and follow him. And when they heard that anyone could come and learn from this incredible rabbi, I'm sure they started to entertain the idea. They started to think, well, well, maybe I can. Maybe, maybe I don't have the A-plus average. Maybe I can't run the 40 and 4-7. You know, maybe I can't even skate. But, but then along comes a coach, along comes a teacher, along comes a professor, along comes a rabbi who says, anybody can join. Anybody can get on this. And, and people start to think, well, maybe, maybe I do have a career in this. Maybe I do have a chance. If, if this teacher says anyone can come and start following, maybe we can do it. Maybe I can do it. And so they'd be wondering if they'd be welcome in this new rabbi's group. And slowly but surely, people started to come and they wanted to follow Jesus because they realized that when he said anyone, he really meant it. When Jesus said anyone was welcome, the crowds began to understand that he meant everyone was welcome. And that's true. Anyone means everyone. Anyone means everyone. There are no rejections. But there's a struggle, though we rarely admit it. Once we start to follow Jesus, we fall into this habit of comparing people to the measuring stick before they get on the ride. Or we start to size people up socially and politically and culturally before we really open up our arms as a church to them. And it's hard not to because our flesh nature fights against our spiritual nature in this and it's okay to admit that it's hard and this is what i mean I, I think that jesus knew how things would go with his people and with his church and so i think that luke 9 23 among many other verses are not just an invitation to those who want to come follow so it's not just jesus saying anyone can come and follow but we have to look at that verse as followers and realize that that verse for us is a reminder of that fact that anyone can follow because the habit that we slide into as followers and as a church sometimes is that once we start to follow, then we start to put the measuring stick up and we start to set the qualifications for people. And so this verse for us as followers who are following already is a reminder to us that there shouldn't be any qualifications to people following Jesus and certainly no qualifications that we invent. 
And so Jesus does away with the qualifications to follow. He got rid of the long list of prerequisites. He did away with the standard application process. And while he did this, you remember, if you're reading the Gospels, it gave the Pharisees conniptions, right? Like they were going crazy on the stuff that Jesus was teaching and what he was allowing in his followers. And they were, they were just driving the Pharisees crazy because they were saying, these people don't qualify. Why do you let your disciples do this? How come our disciples don't do those things, but your disciples do? And how come our disciples um, are doing those things and your disciples aren't? The Pharisees were going crazy because Jesus had turned the whole qualification thing upside down. He was breaking all these rules. And I think as a church, we have to take that same value, that same principle of Jesus, and make it a constant part of our practice. We have to guard ourselves against creating qualifications about who can start following Jesus and who is welcome to join us in our following. Because Jesus got rid of the qualifications and he said anyone can start following And so we usually don't talk about it, but we have sort of let our own unwritten code creep into our minds. Maybe not as a church as a whole. We try to guard that, but, but, but even just sitting here, we have these codes inside of our head. For instance, there's kind of an unwritten dress code, right? That, that, that people who really follow Jesus, you know, dress a certain way, you know, or maybe they don't have tattoos or, you know, maybe they don't wear a certain kind of jewelry in a certain way. Right. And over the last few decades, maybe there's grown to be a sort of an unwritten political code, too, about how you're supposed to vote if you follow Jesus. You know, because if Jesus was here, we all know how he'd vote. And so Christians really vote a certain way. And we kind of have these things in the back of our head. Right. Or or whether you should ever consume alcohol or whether you should listen to this style of music or that style of music or or what your social agenda is in terms of justice or the environment or whatever. Or, Or how about this one? How disciplined you are. Right. We have a code about people who are really following and aren't following based on how quickly they start to get their life together. Right? Or how, how quickly we feel they're progressing in their walk with Jesus. We kind of rank people against that measuring stick and decide whether they're part of the ride or not. Right? And, and the list stacks up pretty quickly in our heads. And the church keeps saying anyone is welcome. But when you look around at the membership, you start to realize everybody kind of looks the same. So we're saying everybody is welcome, but it seems to be everybody who kind of looks like us. Right? And that can start to happen. You know, we can start to look a little bit too much alike. And as we studied together on Thanksgiving just a couple of weeks ago, we have to remember that God is passionate about diversity. If we don't see uh, diversity and value diversity in our church, then it may be a warning that we're not really welcoming everyone the way Jesus was. So let's make sure that Lakeside continues to have this as one of our strongest values and practices. And I'm not saying we're doing perfect, but we're actually doing okay. So this is, for me, when I was writing this, I'm like, am I coming out here to hammer Lakeside about how bad we're doing on welcoming and how undiverse we are? And as I was writing this, I'm like, no, this is something I'm going to brag about as your pastor. This is something that I can, I can, you know, people call me from Guelph and they say, how are things going up there? And I brag on you guys because I say, you would not believe this church, right? Because we have people from all walks of life. We got young families that are like busting the seams out of the Sunday school. Uh, we have retired people. We have cottagers. Uh, we got people from the city. We got locals. You know, we have people from all walks of life and all political stripes. You've got blue collar. We got white collar and everything in between. And this is the important thing. We like each other too. We have all these different people and we like each other too. I mean, that's great. And so when I'm, when I'm touching on this area of welcoming I'm saying keep on keeping on because Lakeside, we're not doing it perfectly, 
but we are doing it, and that's great. So let's just celebrate a little bit how God is working in our church and celebrate how God is working in our hearts, that he is transforming us as families to be welcoming to people and to everyone. Because when Jesus says anyone can come and start following, he really means anyone. And so at at Lakeside, we have to have that value that anyone can come through those doors. And we can walk across the street and talk to anyone in their home or in their work or just wherever they are or sitting on the bench. We can talk to anyone and bring the good news of Jesus to them. But Jesus didn't get rid of the quali- just get rid of the qualifications. When Jesus said anyone, he did something else. In eliminating the qualifications, Jesus got rid of all the excuses. No qualifications means no excuses. So you see, when Jesus invites anyone to follow him, he doesn't just break down the barriers that keep so many people from learning about God. He also gets rid of all the excuses different people were hiding behind to avoid following God. So now the tradesperson had no excuse not to follow a rabbi. The dropout student couldn't complain about his past anymore. There was now the mother of four couldn't say that she never got a chance to learn from a rabbi because Jesus would teach and allow anyone to follow him. And so as we look at that, when we say that Jesus calls anyone and everyone, that kind of takes away the excuse. And and we have to ask ourselves, what has our excuse been? What has our excuse been to not follow as closely after Jesus as we could have? And I think most of us have been holding off on following Jesus because it just seems like too much would be asked of us. We can't follow unless we measure up or meet the standard. And you think, I already know I'm going to fail, so why would I start? Why do you think you'll fail? Why do you think you don't measure up? Is it because you're too busy with other stuff in your life that you just don't want to give Jesus the time? Is there, is there a part of your life that you just don't want to let Jesus into? Is there, is there something that you're afraid he's going to ask you of and not give you the strength to do? Or you're just not smart enough or you're not committed enough to follow him? Nobody is smart enough. Nobody is committed enough. Nobody is qualified enough to start following Jesus. Right? Nobody knows what they're getting into when they take that first step with Jesus. Peter and John had no idea when they started following Jesus where they were going to end up. Thomas and Philip, not a clue where they were going to be. They just started following from where they were, and they allowed Jesus to prepare them for whatever was ahead of them in the journey following him. And so there is no excuse. When Jesus calls anyone to start following him, he says, right now, today, you can start following me, and I will take care of your future. You don't have to worry about being qualified. You don't have to worry about what I'm going to ask of you. You don't have to worry about the strength you may or may not have. You don't have to worry about whatever baggage you're carrying, because I'm going to teach, and I'm going to take care of you in that. But others say it's because they've got a past they're not proud of. You know, it's addiction or divorce or bankruptcy or some other excuse that's been hanging around you for a long time. And you kind of hide behind these excuses because who's going to argue with someone who's been through tragedy, right? You know, you just kind of lay that out there as your trump card. Oh, yeah, I would do that, but you haven't been through what I've been through. And let me tell you how hard my life was. And and once I play this trump card, then you'll understand why I'm not following more more closely, right? But Jesus gets rid of all those examples and all those excuses when he invites anyone. He says, anyone is welcome to have a relationship with me. It doesn't matter whether you're an ex-con or an inmate or you're recently divorced or you're an alcoholic or you're a hypocrite or you've gone through some sort of family tragedy or, or you've done whatever. It doesn't matter. All of those people were part of Jesus' disciples. 
So no qualifications means there's no excuses. You can follow Jesus. You can learn from his word. You can grow in grace and mercy and patience. You can forgive your enemies. You can love unconditionally. You can serve in his church. God has called anyone and everyone to follow him, and we are all without excuse. We all have the ability, driven by God, to learn and grow and serve and love. The Apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, he's reminding the church of who they were and who they now are. And he says, And he, Jesus, came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him we all have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. We're all together following Jesus. There is no one who is a second-class citizen, nobody has an excuse to not learn and grow and serve following Jesus. And that's who you become when you truly start following Jesus. Because it's not about who you are or what you do, it's about what God has already done to make you his own disciple. And so you have no excuse not to participate in everything that it might mean to follow Jesus. No matter what has happened in your life or what you're struggling with now, Jesus says, anyone can come and follow me. Just take that first step. But you say, wait a minute, Paul. We can't just have anything and everything going on here in people's lives and and say that it's okay. Like, not just anything can happen at Lakeside, and not just anyone can come and behave however they want. And that's not what I'm saying. That wouldn't be true. That wouldn't be biblical. But what we can say, like Jesus, is that anyone can start following him, and following him means moving. This is the important thing about this next five weeks that we have left, that following is moving. Following is not standing still. Following is putting one foot in front of the other. Following is one day after another. And what we can say, like Jesus, is that anyone can start today following Jesus, and everyone, without excuse and without qualification, can begin learning and can begin the transformation that it means to follow Jesus. Following means not staying where you're starting, started, but moving forward after Jesus with your eyes on him. And you have no excuse not to begin growing and maturing and transforming. And by that, I mean forgiving and loving and serving. And so when a person starts out to follow Jesus, they become part of a family that's helping each other follow Jesus, but not becoming their personal Holy Spirit. We don't get to decide whether they're qualified or unqualified. We, we are here to guide each other as they truthfully desire to follow jesus we want to guide each other in truth sometimes we're guiding each other in truth about maybe the lyrics to the music they're listening to or maybe the words that are coming out of their mouth or maybe uh the way they are dressing you know maybe some of these things are places where we need to speak truth and lead and lead with them and and walk beside them as they follow jesus but we're not setting the qualification we are walking with them as we follow jesus and leading them into the truth of jesus not our truth about what we think they should be listening to not our truth of what we think they should be wearing or how they should be speaking but god's truth of how they should be and and recognizing that we're following right beside them in that in our own lives rules and qualifications won't make anyone a christian and this is important Rules and qualifications won't make anybody more of a Christian than they already were. We are all following Jesus together and following after the truth and growing together in the truth of who he is and what he's transforming us into. Rules and qualifications don't make Christians. It just trains legalism. 
And so when Jesus made the invitation, he said anyone. And so some people who respond to that invitation, they will have a past that we don't approve of. Or some of them will have bigger burdens and longer struggles with their sin than, than we're comfortable with. But if we value this value of everyone that Jesus says and anyone, then we will help anyone follow him. It's anyone, but it's everything. When Jesus made his invitation, he welcomes anyone who would come after him. But as he is doing that, he also makes clear in the exact same sentence that although anyone can follow, it's everything that he will ask of you. You are giving up everything. And so it's anyone, but it's everything. When a Talmud was finally accepted into a rabbi's school, the disciples, the Talmuds, they would leave their homes and they would leave their jobs and they would leave whatever was holding them back from following after that rabbi and they would go and follow him. Literally, they would follow the rabbi wherever he went. And so if you were following a rabbi, I need some, I need some Talmuds. Can I get like three Talmuds? Do you want to come and follow me? You just, all you have to do is walk. You can come up here. Yeah, you guys come up here. You guys come up here and you can be my Talmuds. I'm the rabbi. You just get behind me. And so as, as the rabbi, as the rabbi walked and as, as the disciples decided they were going to follow, he would walk and they would literally follow him. They would leave their house, they would leave their home and they would follow him wherever they go. And so as you're following Jesus, he might say, well, you know what? I'm going to go over here to some of your enemies. We're going to, we're going to go over here to some of these guys who beat you up at school and called you names. Not that it was these guys, but. But if you're going to follow me, I'm going to lead you to your enemies and you're going to have to love them. Or, or Jesus might, he might walk this way and the rabbi might, with his disciples following, as you're following Jesus, he might say, you know what? You got to, you got to go back into that relationship that was so hurtful and you got to, you got to make things right in that relationship because that, that's where I'm going. Or, or, or he might, he might walk somewhere else. He might turn around. He might come over here and he might say, you know, you know those people that are kind of mean looking and scruffy and they kind of scare you a little bit? You know what? You need to go and, and hang out with them a couple of times a week because they need, they need my love and they, and they need my word too. And so I'm, I'm going there. And then he might say, you know that part of your life? You keep following me, guys. You know, you're my disciples and you said you were going to follow me and you gave up everything to follow me. You know that part of your life that, that you're kind of embarrassed about? You know, that, you know that part of your life that you're embarrassed about or that part of your life that you just won't let go? Because you just love it so much. You know, that just means so much to you. Yeah, you got to let that go. Because that part of your life, that's stopping you from following me. You know, because it's distracting you from the things that I would have you doing. Or worse yet, Jesus will say, you know that sin? You know that sin in your life that you just, you, you hide from everybody, but you keep doing it because you just, you can't seem to let go of it? I'm going there. Are you going to go there with me? Are you going to follow me? Thanks, guys. You're done. You, you, you don't have to follow anymore. <laughs> so... So that, that's what it means. Because when you start following Jesus, he's going to start leading you places. He's going to start taking you into places in your life and areas of your life where he's saying, are you really following me? Are you really going everywhere? Or are there places where Jesus goes and he looks back and all of a sudden you're not there? And Jesus is there wondering, where are you? How, how are we going to work on this if you're not here with me? And so Jesus is calling, calling anyone to follow, but he makes it clear that if anyone would come and follow me, he picks up his cross daily and follows. And so that's the reality. 
You have to follow Jesus maybe into loving your enemies or spending time with the lost or speaking boldly about God or into, uh, into prayer and into Bible study. Do you follow Jesus into his word? Do you follow Jesus into prayer? Right? Or is that just something, you know, Bible, you know, Bible reading time comes around or prayer time comes around that day and Jesus is there all ready to pray and he looks around and you're not there. He, it's like, well, I'd like to pray, but you're not here with me. You know, are you reading your scripture? Are you following Jesus in truth? And that's what Jesus offers. The greatest teacher who ever lived offers you the chance to become one of his students. And when he says anyone, he means everyone with no qualifications and you've got no excuse. But even though he makes his invitation to anyone, he also guarantees that it will cost you everything. There is no part of your life that he doesn't want you to follow in. You have to give it all over to him. And so are you ready? Are you willing to follow the rabbi Jesus in every area of your life?